will assume that role and try to dominate you. In America, most pet owners spoil their dogs and give them constant affection, thinking that this is enough for the dog. It's not enough. In a dog's world, getting only affection upsets his natural balance. By teaching my clients how to speak their dog's language, the language of the pack, I open up a whole new world for them. What I hope you will come away with after listening to this book are some practical techniques for helping your dog with his problems. More important, however, I want you to gain a deeper understanding of how your dog sees the world and what he really wants and needs in order to live a peaceful, happy, balanced life. A Dog's Life It's 6.45 in the morning and the sun is just beginning to peak over the crest of the Santa Monica Mountains. We are heading due east, and the trail is quiet and empty. I haven't seen any signs of humans yet, which is a good thing. When I'm running in the hills, followed by about 35 off-leash dogs, I always keep to the least travel paths. The dogs aren't a danger, but they can look formidable to someone who has never seen a man running with a pack of dogs behind him. We've been running for about half an hour, and Giovanni, my assistant, keeps up the rear of the pack and watches for stragglers. There rarely are any. Once we get into a rhythm, the pack and I churn up the dirt on this trail as if we were a unit, as if we were one animal. I lead and they follow. I can hear their heavy breaths and the light scratches their feet make on the trail. They are calm and happy, and they trot lightly with their heads down and tails wagging. All the dogs are in migrating mode, and their instincts are in charge. So I sometimes think are mine. I breathe in deep. The air is clean and clear, and I can't smell even a trace of Los Angeles smog. It's a total rush. An exhilarating feeling. I feel at one with the outdoors, the dawn, and the dogs. I think of how blessed I am that I have been allowed to enjoy this day as a part of my life's work, my life's mission. On an average workday, I arrive at the Dog Psychology Center in South Los Angeles by 6 a.m. Giovanni and I will let the dogs out into the dirt floor backyard of the center so they can relieve themselves after their nice rest. After that, we load them into a van and arrive in the mountains by no later than 6.30. We stay there for about four hours, alternating vigorous exercise with moderate exercise and rest. I lead the pack like an alpha wolf, and the dogs follow me. They are a motley crew, a mix of injured, rejected, thrown away rescue dogs, and my client's dogs who come to the center to return to their roots. And the dog sense that is. We got pit bulls, Rottweilers, German Shepherds, and other powerful breeds, along with the Springer Spaniels, Italian Greyhounds, Bulldogs, and Chihuahuas. As diverse as they are, the dogs work together as a pack. Their deepest, most primal instinct guides them to follow me their pack leader, to obey me and to cooperate with one another. And each time we go through this exercise, I am more closely bonded with them. This is how nature intended a dog pack to work. 
10.45 a.m., we are back at the center in South Los Angeles. The dogs are ready for more water and for home. They rest under the shade of a two-story portico, a leafy tree, or in Thailand, what I call the row of five small private dog houses for the tinier ones among them. During the hour that they rest, from about 11 to noon, I will have consultations and an intake of new dogs at the center. The best time to introduce a new unbalanced dog to a stable pack is when the pack is all pooped out. Now that they're exercised and rested, the dogs have earned their food, just like they have to do in nature. I like to prepare the food myself, scooping and mixing it with my bare hands, so their food will always have their pack leader scent in it. The feeding ritual at the dog psychology center takes one and a half to two hours and is designed to be a psychological challenge to the dogs. In human terms, an exercise in willpower. The dogs line up in front of me and wait. Only the mellowest, calmest, and most relaxed dog will get to eat first. This makes the other dogs realize that the calmer they are, the more likely they will be to get what they want. The dogs have to eat next to one another without fighting or becoming dominant over the food. This is an enormous mental challenge for a dog, but one that helps ensure that the pack runs smoothly. Once the dogs have eaten and relieved themselves, they're ready for some more physical exercise. Our next activity is the most rigorous of the day, rollerblading. Believe it or not, most dogs love running with me while I rollerblade. They love the challenge of keeping up with a pack leader on wheels. I can rollerblade with a maximum of only 10 dogs at a time, so that's three or four sessions in a row. By mid-afternoon, the dogs are exhausted, and so am I. While they rest for a couple of hours, I do phone consultations and office work. At about 5 o'clock, we throw the ball for 20 minutes. Between 30 and 40 dogs can play fetch with the same ball without a fight breaking out. That's what I call the power of the pack to influence good behavior. As the sun begins to dip, the pack goes into a resting mode for the remainder of the day. This is the best time for any one-on-one -on -one work I need to do with some of the various dogs. For instance, take Beauty, a lanky female German Shepherd who has a severe case of fear aggression. If anyone approaches her, she will shrink back and either run away or attack. In order to attach a leash to her collar, I have to chase after her tire her out, and then wait until she submits. I may have to repeat this process a thousand times until she realizes that when I put my hand out, the best solution is for her to come to me. Because Beauty has been exercising and participating in the pack all day, she's in the best state of mind for me to work with her on her issues. Today, more than 10 years after the Dog Psychology Center opened its doors, I maintain a small staff comprising myself, my wife Illusion, and four loyal employees. Many of the dogs in the pack at the center have been with us since the beginning. Some we consider our family pets, and they come home with us every night. Other dogs are return visitors, belonging to longtime clients who like the balancing effect the pack has on their dogs. These clients bring their dogs to us whenever they travel. For their dogs, who are already psychologically healthy, coming to hang out with the pack 
is like going to camp and reuniting with all friends. The rest of the dogs at the center are temporary visitors, dogs I bring here to help with the rehabilitation. The ratio for pack regulars to pack temporaries is about 50-50. Some of those pack temporaries are dog rescue from shelters. The others are dogs who belong to private clients. I like to tell people that the dogs from clients are the ones who keep the business going, and those from rescue organizations are the ones who keep my karma going. Most of my private clients don't need to send their dogs to the center to get them well. Just as not all human beings need to go to group therapy to deal with their psychological issues. Most of the cases I handle involve dogs who simply need stronger leadership from their owners, plus rules, boundaries, limitations, and consistency in their own homes to become better. But there are other cases where the best solution is to bring the dogs to have the support and influence of their own kind so they can relearn how to become dogs. For all, being part of their own kind has a profound meaning. Being part of a family of people wouldn't have the same kind of meaning. They would be comfortable and maybe even spoiled, but their life will lack this primal meaning. So when these dogs get to be part of their own kind, regardless of the breed, they feel complete. As the evening wears on, it's time for me to go home to my human pack, Ilusion and our two sons, Andre and Calvin. Giovanni will remain for the night, tending to the dog's needs and putting them in their kennels when it's time to sleep. After about seven to eight hours of exercise, they are ready to crash. Tomorrow, the cycle will repeat again with either me or one of my colleagues at the center. This is my life at Dog.